Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In the 1890s, New York City was buzzing with activity. New electric streetcars were developed and they went everywhere, connecting every neighborhood. Immigrants poured into the city from Ireland, Italy, Germany, Poland, Russia, and all five boroughs united to form one of the largest cities in the world. But with such rapid change, with such explosive growth of neighborhoods, cultures, and a vast new political changes in city life, what newspaper was going to rise up beyond the rest to cover the local news? None other than the New York Times. And so in 1896, Mr. A. Simon Oakes, the proud owner of his newly acquired newspaper, decided to run a contest for a new slogan, one that would unify New Yorkers, one that would give them an understanding of what they were going to read, one that showed them mission. And the contest came up with all sorts of suggestions. A decent newspaper for decent people. <laughs> well, maybe. Or how about full of meat, clean and neat? <laughs> no, that doesn't do it either. Oh, this one might work. Always decent, never dull. Too boring. And then finally, someone decided to coin the phrase that is still used to this day. All the news that's fit to print. News fit to print. Having value and opening up a window to invite people in. Interesting how this one stuck. The church has developed all kinds of sayings and prayers and traditions throughout the ages to give us direction, to help us remember, to help us retell the story, and to live into further what we know and what we claim to be true. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Many others. In fact, one of the ones we use occasionally during the Easter season is one that we inherit from our Greek Orthodox Church brothers and sisters. And it says, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death. These are powerful, deeply theological guideposts to help us live further into this mystery. But sayings and theological traditions sometimes get misdirected. For example, one time a priest friend of mine in Palm Springs had to correct me on something. We were both from parts of the American South. He was from North Carolina. I was from the eastern part of Texas. And we sometimes like to talk in euphemisms like Southerners do, like, well, that was unusual. Or, I don't mean to be ugly, but... <laughs> anyway, one time we were in the car, 
And I was lamenting the loss of a good friend. I said, I am so sad that so-and-so passed away. He immediately giggled. I thought, how rude. Why are you laughing at me? And he giggled again. I started to get upset and said, what is up with you? I'm sad that my friend passed away. And again, another giggle. And I got really quiet. I didn't say very much for a long time. And finally, when some space and some time came into the situation, my friend said, I thought it was funny that you said your friend passed away. Oh, really? I said, but he did. And my friend got rather serious and said, no, your friend died. And for that, I'm very sorry to hear the news. And then, of course, because he was my friend and a mentor, he decided to tell me what I said wrong. He said, your friend passed away negates the experience. Think about it. Jesus Christ is not raised from the past away. Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Oh, wow, I thought, okay. Totally different than what I expected, but after I thought about it, yes, he was right. Because if I used any kind of euphemism about death, then I was negating the seriousness of it. And I negate the true joy we encounter today at Easter. The joy that Jesus is risen from the dead, alive, here, present until the end of the age. We can only imagine those series of events that we hear about today. The gospel writers probably heard so many stories and so many accounts and testimonials about Jesus' resurrection that they had to put them in some sort of order and make sense of an event that no one could completely rationally understand. It was event, an event that had never happened before, but it happened. Christ was raised once for all, not only for himself, but for all people. And when we hear today Jesus telling Mary Magdalene to not cling to him, but to go and to tell others, we're hearing Jesus' commitment to her, his commitment to her, that he's never ever going to be separated from her again because he has been raised. He's telling her to go and to proclaim and tell of this good news because death no longer has dominion over humankind and that the kingdom of God means business. That those who are seeking life with God, those who are seeking healing and wholeness and restoration and a new, overwhelming, life-giving, exciting life filled with forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, grace, hope, and a whole lot of love. That day starts today in a big way. But let me get real for a few moments. If you are coming to Easter today from a year that is past, from thinking in some way 
that someone has taken your Lord and you do not know where he has been laid? If you're feeling that someone or something has tried to take Jesus and God's love away from you, maybe another person, situation, a church, or let me say it another way. If you've ever felt condemnation from a friend or a coworker or from a religious community, or still another way, if you've ever heard something in your mind that's told you, I'm too old now, I'm not smart enough, I'm not worthy, you're not good enough. Well, my friends, none of that stuff comes from a God that raised Jesus from the dead. Our God calls us by name. Mary's name, your name, my name. Offering you the ultimate dignity to be restored as Jesus is restored, to become the person that you were fully created by God to be, to be free of condemnation, of shame, of fear, because Jesus has put away death. He's conquered it. He hasn't passed away. He's said goodbye to death and hello to everlasting life. This resurrection life that Christ calls you into, bringing you to a new place, to a life that you can only dream about or imagine. All it takes is a name. And so here's what Jesus is telling us what to do to claim new life that he's offering to the world, to claim it. We're told to go and to share this new life with others by loving them, freeing them from condemnation, helping them not be fearful, releasing them from shame, and by affirming them as people and help others see this new fellowship, this new reality that is possible. So as we gather in celebration and we hear this good news of Easter, this news of Christ's resurrection and our restoration, news of hope being restored, of possibilities for blessing, news of death's death and God's love ruling the day, this isn't just decent news for decent people. It's for all people. This isn't merely news that's always decent and never dull. It's a whole lot more exciting than that. It's not even news that's just fit to print. It's news, great news, that's fit to live. To live with Jesus in this new resurrection life from now until the end of time. Happy Easter.